0: Catherine Cockhill, Director of Hotel Intelligence EMEA at Hotstats, joins us for the first episode of New Tricks this year. We greatly enjoyed chatting about the changes to CapEx spend, whether we'll all be seeking comfort in the arms of OTAs, and how 2019 is so very well 2019. It's good to be back, and we hope you continue to enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of New Tricks, which is the weekly podcast from New Dog PR and very delighted we are to have your listening ears. We've had a little bit of a rest over Christmas and we are somewhat glamorously calling this season two. Mm. So there we go. Welcome to season two, everybody. Um, so we've got two Catherines with us today. Catherine dogrel how are you? How was your Christmas? How's 2022 going so far? So I'm very well, thank you, Emily. How are you? All right. Yeah. Lovely. So it's is the 10th of January and we're in Bristol. What's not to love? <laughs> I've eaten so much cheese, though. I can't possibly <laughs> even... No, it sounds good. It sounds good. In fact, I, I can I can deviate into a brief cheese story
1: because I made macaroni cheese the other day here in Paris, and um, it's difficult, fi- difficult, not impossible, finding cheddar over here. French don't really believe in it. Um, they have other cheeses that they're much more occupied with, and rightly so. Um, and with the closure of all of the MNSs, or the majority of the m in Paris, it's been a bit of a crisis. But my local, um, so in, in good Brexit news, the good people at Godston Cheddar, um, who are based in Somerset, if anyone's interested in cheese, are very brexit friendly um and you can buy their their organic cheddar in sort of those round waxy truffles um all over paris um hey. in, in, in five places that i can see from this very window including the local car which is not what you would expect to find it but there it is but it is in fact the only cheese the only cheddar that you can buy and it comes in at five euros a, a shot which is more than one would... put um, quite a lot for a, for a macaroni cheese. Quite a lot for a macaroni cheese, yes. <laughs> it's like those people who put monkfish in fish pie. Um, oh. <laughs> what are you doing? It's monkfish. What's it doing in a pie? And I thought, well, there is no other cheddar, so I'm going to have to get into it. And what I can tell you is that it was a very good move indeed. Mm. Um, and <laughs> it, it melted down in a most glopular way. Um, it was just yeah. wonderful it was it was tremendous um i heartily support them so if you're feeling that your january is lacking in glamour i recommend buying a high-end cheese and then melting it and eating it is that like, um, fondue yeah. really exactly <laughs> saying fondue is will posh it's so posh. You know. i've got two packets in my fridge <laughs> yes <laughs> actually
2: See, posh as you like really oh, no so really that's my mother's, good, my mother's Swiss, so it's a family thing. We oh, have, here we go. We have oh, to
1: do. do you find that you can overload, overload the vodka? I had a fondue at someone's house once where there was there was a load of vodka Nuts. in it. And we couldn't. Yes, and we we were so drunk that we couldn't work out what happened. Um, and it's because the fondue was like 85%, you know, high-strength spirits. <laughs> I didn't realise you could get wrecked off a of fondue, but you can. Oh,
2: there yeah, we go. Yeah, we always used to, my parents made us drink tea with fondue. Probably for that reason, actually. Oh, so this is, no, this is
1: like you put you yeah, put no, in. Yeah, no, no, you put it in,
2: yes. yes. But to, to, to kind of ameliorate the amount of alcohol oh, in the body, it. Oh, you okay, drink good. tea. Clever. We don't do that yeah. here,
1: obviously. No. <laughs> no, you don't drink tea, or you no. don't put shabs in it.
0: <laughs> As and when I'm ready to tolerate cheese again, I'm going to try all these things exactly. in the same evening. And this is what we've learned. And this, <laughs> exactly. And we're only on the 10th of January, and there have been I so many learnings already. Well done, 2022. Right, the other Catherine is Catherine Cockgill, and she is Director of Hotel Intelligence, EMEA, for Hot Stats. Welcome,
2: Catherine. Thank you very much. Cool title. I'm still getting used to <laughs> well, it. <laughs>
0: it's, it's delightful to have you here. And um, as we were saying slightly in advance of the podcast recording, that title just sounds like you should be parachuting out of helicopters at any
2: given time. It sounds it's very glamorous. It's, it's on the queen. It, it, yeah, well, yes, exactly, and her jubilee that's coming along very soon, which I found out today. We get two extra bank holidays for, which oh, is yeah, really, oh, really, yeah. really exciting on
1: yes. too. Thursday the and the Friday. Ah, oh, so it's going like the royal wedding, where you like, yes, it's, it's yes. just yeah. becomes a four-day bender. Yes, yes. With so you don't walls. get this in the Republic. No, 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 I don't get this in the Republic. But what we do get in the Republic is midweek bank holidays. So screw Uh, you guys.
0: uh, (laughs) Yeah, you win. Yeah, that trumps, (laughs) that definitely trumps a Thursday and a Friday. Mm. I know, I did, I I let this glorious fact too and thought, oh, this is tremendous, extra time off for perhaps for cheese eating. Who knows? Um how's it going at Hotstats? because you are recently ish into the hot stats fold are you not
2: yes i joined Hotstats in september last year the beginning of september um having come from uh, an organization that um provided gds representation and booking engines and websites for uh, independent hotels using the synexis platform mm. and before that um uh, lots of different roles in hotels, um, commercial roles with Hilton and uh, Radisson and independent hotel groups. And yeah, so broad, broad level of kind of experience. Um, and um, HotStats approached me because of that experience, really, and because I've worked with the COO in the past and we opened a Radisson hotel in Bristol about 15 oh. years ago, and um, and uh, the uh, and Hot Stats is expanding, and we're expanding the business development team, and that's what um, I'm sort of going to be looking to do in the next. <gasps> Did you to live near him? Uh, well, he still lives in Cardiff, and I live in Bath, so we still live, oh. we still live very quite close to an hour away from each other, yes. Oh, over right. the bridge, the free, like a bridge. Long time. Over I, the free bridge, over the free bridge now, yes. Yeah. So uh yeah so I've I've joined to another it's a fairly steep learning curve because the whole P&L side of things is you know not generally necessarily what um uh, uh hotel um sales people necessarily get involved with but it is absolutely um crucial that that everybody does because understanding your cost base understanding what's making you money and what's not which bit of your segmentation is actually delivering anything for you um, and which is just perhaps not the right part of the uh, mix that you should be looking for um, we should be achieving all of that is really crucial to the owners and the bottom line and that's really what it's all about i think we're probably the only industry that isn't focused on profitability perhaps as much as we should be and certainly from a whole team perspective um heads of department don't tend to get involved in those conversations and i think it's a you know, what Hot Stats offers is is an easy, accessible way for everybody to understand exactly what's happening on the ground
0: yeah um we were talking to i think it was the uh always charming patrick grant um who who said that one of the things he really enjoys about the industry on a podcast previous episodes are available on our website um he was saying that one thing he particularly enjoys about this industry is the amount of data available to influence to help decision making one doesn't get quite as much data available for investment in sheds i believe um so it's pretty thrilling a good thing, and and perhaps I could just wedge in seamlessly. Our wedge cheese. See what to um, our first question, um, which so you so you mentioned the uh, you know the necessity of understanding the profitability. Um, I'm going to take a wild assumption that that is increasingly more so in a fluctuating environment, um, and I know Catherine has lots of thoughts about people completely ignoring. Uh, t- looking back at 2019 um and but but I think there's a school of thought that you and I have had a conversation with Hotstats, Catherine around how that is increasingly com- entirely irrelevant um and how actually looking at concepts might be slightly more useful in terms of um figuring out who you are and what you are uh,
2: it is certainly true to say that 2019 is becoming less and less relevant. Um, it is still the nirvana, though, that everybody is looking back at. And, you know, within the within the platform, you can compare I'm not going to talk about the platform all the time. But within the platform, you can compare 21, 20, 19 and 18 across the whole metrics of all of your of all of your revenue and your, your costs. So. And you can change that depending on what you want to look at. What, but what is what is becoming more important is actually what's happening locally to you, what's happening in the market that you are aspiring to be part of. If you're looking to change your segmentation, um, and that and in that case, it's really not that helpful to go back that far now because we may never get back to those days of heady days of of uh, corporate business and negotiated rates and um why you know, but why but what will replace them How will but why come? but why well yeah uh well why why depends on what happens next but it's the length of time it's going to take to for that to start improving is 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 the, is the question um and every time we get another omicron type thing it you know it puts everybody back another six months um the the nervousness from corporates um, and the travel agents that are responsible for the rules and the dissemination of that information what's happening globally you know the constant shifting in what you can do where and how long you have to isolate and whether you need a pcr or not just going to dubai is a massive thing Um, and and if you're only going for a short time and that's what a business trip generally is it's very complicated and then there's the risk of getting stuck somewhere um and, and and having to isolate for 10 days in a hotel room and baltimore or, or in in not the Baltimore, you know that. or yeah, australia I mean, that nice novak Djokovic? well mm. his that, lovely hair yeah <laughs> it's still not clear what's happening to him is it because apparently he seems to have been some news items are saying that he's been uh, rearrested so or he's he's now actually going to be deported so remains to be seen but you know that is a that is a live problem and along with that is if you get ill who is then responsible if you get long covid what does that mean for the organisation? Who's going to pay for it? Um, what is the support? You know, all of that is not yet tested. And that makes corporate travel a nervous thing. Um, and it's why, and because that's, it's the company's responsibility to look after you as a traveller. Um, it, 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 That's going to hold things up. The leisure traveller is travelling under their own risk. If they want to risk their lives or their, their, you know, they have time to spend if they need to isolate and they've decided that's what they're going to do, that's up to them they're not going to sue anybody for that so there's a there's a and I think that is what's driving some of the change in use and the questions around do we need to how long are we going to sit here with our 15 conference rooms that are empty that we can't do anything with when there is a market out there that perhaps we could be attracting if we have the right kind of facilities that's kind of changed the it's moved on a bit from your question but
0: no it moves on seamlessly (laughs) to our next question which is so i think there's going to be increasing conversations around exactly that so we've got a pot of cash um, and we need to deploy that so i'm I'm talking you know from an operational point of view from the the owners we've got a pot of cash um, that we regularly spend to um invest in our hotel and we have historically spent it on this this and this um how is that capex cash pie being reallocated in a post-pandemic world? And have you got any nice juicy stats that we can, you can Nice juicy
2: stats. Well, um, the news that is that in America, they are estimating there'll be a 70% increase in CapEx um, in 2022. It's obviously from a very low base because that was the thing that everybody kind of siphoned off and you know sat on or, or needed in order to be able to survive. Um, deferred maintenance is one. Um, the reconfiguration of F and B space is another, you know, are our, our hotels offering the right, um, the right kind of space with the right elements in it that people are looking for in order to be safe so that they are comfortable to go out and eat. Um, do they have, um, spa facilities? And if not, is that something they could offer? Do they have maybe not spa, spa facilities, but, but just relaxation space or recreation space? Um, it's something that hotels have really not got at all on the whole, um, because spa requires people. That is a problem. Um, labor is an issue. So, can you create space that is exciting for the customer? That's going to put put you in a place where your competitor perhaps haven't yet got to. That's going to attract a guest that you otherwise wouldn't have attracted. Um, I think the oh, pool or something. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, there's all sorts of weird stuff out there. I mean, there, there's a lot of Zen talk. There's a lot of, you know, um, uh, OM spaces. I mean, OM as in Ooh. OM spaces. Um, not relaxation. where you go and get Omicron. No, not where you go and get Omicron, but where you re- divest yourself and you, you can learn to be in the moment. So more more relaxation, sense of, of meditation, that kind of thing. Um in the Middle East, there is definitely, you know, year to date October, you could definitely see um, plus 12% increase in revenue going to the spa area. Therefore, there is obviously demand for that. And in the Middle East, there is absolutely um, a, a growth in repurposing of F&B space, conference space into more leisure facilities. Um, you could say they've got the weather, but actually for about eight months of the year, you don't want to go outside there. So, so you know, internal relaxation space is important, very important there as well. Um yeah, I, I think I think the biggest the, the other big thing that's changing is is spending on IT. In the past, you might have had a very big expensive server room. everything is moving to the cloud, and tech is a big part of of where that um, uh, where that spend is going to be is going to be um, moved into. Um, and um, that will include things like you know touch free, door opening, touch-free check-in, um, anything that, that, that doesn't require cleaning, that's going to be um, faster and easier to maintain, that doesn't require people because the labour market is so difficult. And that's a global issue. And I think we're going to come on to that. But um, the, the biggest thing by far, those deferred maintenance, you know, carpets, wall hanging, wall coverings, curtains, the, all of the things that just weren't essential. Um, and perhaps it within be- with bedrooms in mind, with a mind to easier cleaning, less time spent having to maintain soft furnishings um that there's also there's also quite a lot of discussion around that
0: fascinating well, there we go And um, you mentioned um so let's let's talk a little bit i know we have talked a little bit about business travel but um it does seem like what was initially perhaps thought of just a shuttering of business travel is now something that's probably a bit more and we all you know I I realize that as an industry we like to tell ourselves what we need to hear uh which is you know business travel needs to come back and and that's I'm sure we're not the only industry that does that um but we are increasingly hearing stories of a significant cuts within business travel spend um being sustained within large organizations um and it just with no plans for it to come back because it hasn't been necessary things have carried on it's been okay um and i'm sure that doesn't mean absolutely no business travel but um what are you seeing in terms of actual business travel has it shifted in terms of its size its its
2: duration it, it's. I mean, we we are. We don't. We we don't. We're not able to track length of stay. But in terms of the the, the mix, um, you know, it, in some regions it's fallen by fifty percent. In some regions, is much more. The Middle East, for example, um, never had such a large trackable negotiated element because so much of it's booked through the OTAs, so you can't see it quite so clearly. Or it's booked direct. Um, in in the UK, I mean, we've you know, you're down to ten percent of down to 10% of what it what it had been, depending on where you were. Um, obviously, London, the airports, I used to work at Heathrow Airport, um, were decimated. A lot of the hotels just were closed the whole period. Those who were well capitalised were able to use that time to to refurbish and you know spend their money there. Um, and the rest were just shut and everyone was on furlough and things were battened down as far as they could be. So it's a it's a it's pretty dramatic um and you only had to look at i don't know whether you have access to that um google thing where you can see all the airplanes flying around the world um which which, uh, flight radar i love that um and it was just empty It, it there were just no little planes anywhere at all and um that you know it's just it's massive absolutely massive and and while while the whole world—and this comes to the, down to the vaccination thing, doesn't it? While the whole world is not vaccinated, nobody, nobody's vaccinated, nobody's safe, and that is going to continue to impact um, global travel for years to come. I mean, when this started, in my I was in my previous with my previous company, we were saying twenty three, maybe twenty four to get back to twenty nineteen levels. Now it's twenty five, twenty six, um, and and I, I think it's also the culture around travel is has, is changing as a result of that. And that's coming at a time of, should we be travelling anyway? You know, what's happening with the green um, uh, green credentials that organisations really want to, um, you know, really want to be a part of their development? If that has to happen, we have to travel less. We can't just hop to Dubai for three days um, because we can. Should we? You know, that, that corporate, re- so that responsibility around, um, the planet and reverence for life and you know those, those things are are only going to become more and more important they're also really important to the next generation of people who are going to come and work in our industry we hope so as as more younger younger people i don't class myself one of those um but as, as more as more of the younger generation come through and we do need to, to attract these people um that is very important to them and that culture of looking after the planet and Um, where the hospitality industry fits in all of that is going to be really, really important. Absolutely. Um, Something of a double whammy,
0: I suppose. Catherine, were you about to say something or should I plough on?
1: Uh, No, I was thinking about, because you make an excellent point about the if everyone isn't vaccinated, no one is vaccinated and this could go around and round and round in an endless cycle to the end of time. Um, But I wonder whether the difference won't be treatment, effective treatment, um, because I was a big believer in vaccines for a long time until Omicron came along. And obviously, I still believe in vaccines and, <laughs> and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Really, the more vaccines you give me, the happier I am. Um, but I wonder whether it's treatment that will make the difference. If you know that there's this, you know, Pfizer, obviously other treatments will probably be available, thing coming along that you can take when you know you have it, whether that isn't what will open travel up again. Um, this knowledge that it's defeatable um, rather than just preventable. That's, that's is, um, what definitely, we're all pinning our hopes on, I think at the moment. Yeah.
2: Um, and and I think in the UK we seem to be slightly out of sync with the rest of the, perhaps the rest of the world, Europe yeah. certainly. Yeah. <laughs> with our two hundred thousand <laughs>
0: beating well,
2: with our two hundred thousand a day plus um in, infections that, that um which we now won't know anymore about because we won't be doing any more PCR testing, so we won't know that's how many the people have it. it.
1: That's the way still, you see. That's
2: what's. That's the plan,
1: I'm sure. It's a good plan. It's a good plan that is effective. For some <laughs> so it's all just going to go away. It is. Apparently, aren't they? So that's fine.
0: If it didn't involve some sort of large amount, large scale murdering, I would be fascinated to sit just for a few minutes in these meetings where they think up this stuff um, as a as a solution to a global pandemic from a country's point of view. But I'm not sure they're thought
1: up. I think it's more uh, a bit <laughs> of a um, mission. Yeah. I think it's probably what it is. They think, God, there's loads of problems. I'm going to get a coffee, and then hopefully I can come back. at the gone away.
0: It'll gone. Yeah, yeah. I think a, it's much crazy. much like a five year five year old approaches exactly. La 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 la. <laughs> yes.
2: Go to work. Go to work. It's fine. God's <laughs> sake. No, no, no. Stay at home. Stay at home. But go out to eat. But stay at home. And wash your hands. Stay at home. But yes,
1: I am. Have a party. <laughs> to my to my friend Lara's dog, um, my friend's dog Lara, who um, who I took to after um, in bath, oddly enough, and um, and she was a big fan of playing fetch with her ball, and you would throw the ball and she would bring the ball back, very good, um, and then she would cover the ball under her paw. And then she would bark at you to play with the ball. And it's the whole thing, this whole business with the, with the English government just brings it all back to that for me. You must play with the ball. You cannot have the ball, but you must play with it. You cannot have it, but you must play. You cannot have the ball. And it, what, what, what? And is that. No, you must support the economy, but you must not go out and catch COVID, but you must support the economy, but don't go out. And don't have a test, but do go out. Don't have it. <laughs> have yeah.
2: got it. I, don't it I had it. I had it. It was it was pretty horrible, and I was double vaccinated, and it took me probably six, seven weeks to get over it. And that was long. just that was just yeah. after I joined Hotstat, so it was not a great time. I'll be back at work tomorrow. I promise. And it just went on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: See, I don't. Positive. I still. I still don't want it. And, uh, no. and that is really my opinion on most diseases. Yeah. Um. So you don't. You do not many. It. You'd
0: like put your hands up and say, "Yeah, I love that one." Oh, is
1: it? Before before the pandemic, I was a big fan of not catching any diseases. I have maintained that outlook,
0: and I will be sticking with it. Yeah, I don't very want sensible diseases. <laughs> just, by their very the by the very nature of the word, they don't sound appealing, do they? they
1: don't do they? And there's all this coughing and dying, and you know, long COVID. And I think there's nothing appealing about this. I'm going to stick with my vaccinations. Vaccinations,
2: boosters, and the whatever testing, they yeah. whatever they have, and as much testing as possible when the lateral flow tests are available. So, um <laughs> yeah, that was another little glitch around Christmas. <laughs> well, it's so much fun.
0: but we were by that point we were all stuffing our faces full of cheese, so we had had other concerns. Um, We're hurtling through this, so I just want to ask a quick question before we ask you the um, the little series of questions that we ask all our guests. I'd like to hear your thoughts on um, the cost of booking and the path to booking. Um, With the uh, based on nothing but my well, actually, I was going to say anecdote. It's not anecdote, anecdotal. Um, I've heard this on a serious podcast or perhaps news outlet so it's not just made up. But are people are is this time for the OTAs to shine? Are they coming back? Is this um is this a way a form of um loyalty, a form of uh security, a form of reassurance? Do they offer that mm, to guests? Um exactly cancellations. Um I heard something the other day uh from uh, the 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 number of people that were using it old, I should say, old-fashioned. The traditional tour operators and travel agents has increased as people need to go to someone who knows what the restrictions are. They want a holiday, but they've got no idea what the restrictions are. But and if they so if they go to that knock on, you know, go to the high street travel agent, then they get that. So is I'm just wondering, is if is this all? Are we going
2: to go pinging back to OTAs? I think well, there's a difference there between OTAs and travel agents, of course, um, yeah. because. I mean, this could very well be a resurgence for the travel agent. Um, interestingly, my husband was a travel agent for most of his marriage, most of his life till he got to his forties, um, and uh, we owned our own travel business, so we have some insight into what happened to travel agents when everybody decided they could do it for themselves, and and it was all really easy. Um, and that wasn't just ledger people, but that was organisations and everybody. So it 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 is definitely possible that this could be a resurgence for the leisure traveler with the increase in leisure travel that we you know the the pent up the demand that is definitely there because if something goes wrong and you're stranded somewhere and you haven't got anyone at your back you it's really really difficult and can be scary and that's for, for the leisure traveler that's definitely true for the business traveler is absolutely crucial for organizations to be working with um, a travel agency or a, a TMC because they are the only ones who are collating all that information. And also corporates don't want the responsibility of having to do that themselves. They would rather give that responsibility to an agent who is on the ground who, or who who is constantly updating and has teams that are working on being completely up to date so that there is protection for them if something goes wrong. Um, so I think that f- from that point of view, um, uh, travel agents and, and um, for, for both sides of the business are very, very important. And the leisure industry could definitely see a, a, a return to wanting to have that kind of support. Um, the OTAs is an interesting one. Um, hotels definitely um, benefited from travelers wanting to needing to cancel and move things easily, and that was more easily done directly with the hotel because they didn't have to go back through the ATA, who, who perhaps didn't, what, you know, just wasn't as easy for them as it was if they went direct to the to the property. And, and on top of that, wanting to speak to the, the hotel themselves to know exactly what was happening on the ground and what um, security and cleaning uh, protocols they had in place, um, how dining was going to be managed, did they have to wear a mask or not, because things changed so so much over the, those 18 months. Um, and. Hotels have been generally not as on the front foot as they could be in talking directly to their customers and keep and keeping that relationship going. This has given hoteliers definitely an opportunity to make more of that, and to and hoteliers who did continue to to, were able to to talk to their guests on a regular basis definitely benefited from that relationship building. Um, And if hoteliers can find the the time and the um, desire and the energy to keep working with their websites and direct booking, that is absolutely the best way forward. OTAs will, of course, return um, because they are very, very good at what they do. They provide flexible platforms. um, They provide loyalty, as you said, for independent hotels who aren't part of Hilton or Radisson or other other brands, of course, out there. Just mentioning those two. that the uh the the protection of, of or the ease of, of booking with um with, a, with an ota is 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 obviously out there and and you know they will make the most of it as soon as there is enough travel to make it worth it um they haven't been bidding if you look at some of the meta sites they haven't been bidding as they had in the past and spending the money on on bidding in for certain places and bidding for your your attention because it wasn't worth doing it but that spend is definitely going to come back um I think it's I think it's down to the hoteliers to, to really look at cost of acquisition. Where what what is it costing you to have your to get your customer? What is the difference between your rev par and your net rev par? The delta between the two is absolutely crucial, um, because if you're not spending if you're not spending money on on um, uh, agency fees um, for conference bookings, you have money to spend in order to buy those rooms, to sell those rooms to somebody else and perhaps at a better cost margin. All of that is is, is there to be seen um, and, and uh, the data, you know, the data is very, very useful there. Um, GDS business can be very expensive. Um, currently it's, you know, still probably at 15 20% globally of what it was, um, whether it will ever get back to, 2019 days, who knows? Um, But it was an expensive route to market as expensive as the OTA business was, is, you know, around that 20, 25% um, margin. Um, But of course, it brought you a a segment of business that otherwise you couldn't achieve. and, And also with it came on spend with you know f and b and you know allowances etc that that uh, traveling corporate guests were, were had in their pockets and they needed to you know they needed to use it on property so if you don't have all of that who are you going to attract and what is that going to cost you? And, and what is the right business for your hotel going forward? And, you know, that's where looking at your comp set and, you know, what what are you aspiring to in the future if this pot isn't there anymore? Or maybe it won't be for the next four or five years. You can't sit there and wait. You're going to have to do something about it sooner. So um, OTAs absolutely have a part to play. They are a great um, signpost. But hoteliers are able to, to take that customer um, make it their own, and and you know, talk to the customer in the future and bring them back. Definitely, so I think it's a mixture. Sort of answers your question, but it's it's, yeah. a, it's a it isn't a one or the other.
0: It does, and I think the message is clearly that um, that closer uh, relationship. You know, they're rolling up your sleeves and having to really understand the business that we saw in the first six, 12, 18 months, that's not going anywhere really because this is in a shape shift all the time. Um, so, you know, local marketing, understanding the community, you know, all, all the, um, you know, immediate um, uh, ways in which that you, you understand that pot and how to get at that pot will continue for a significant mm-hmm. amount of time.
2: And if you look at what's happened to sales and marketing teams I in, 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 um just looking at my stats in in um in America with the, the USA, they're they're sort of forty percent of their teams have have, have just disappeared. That labour spend is not there anymore. Um, in Europe, it's it's um around the thirty percent mark. Um those are the revenue generating relationship creating people and and it's not just you know the, the sales people or all the business development people that are out on the road it's also that you know the reservations teams and the, the guys who are dealing with the FIT groups and the you know a lot of those roles are just not there anymore what's going to happen with that because if we if we are going to move towards finding new ways of of getting business and talking to new groups of people in order to bring them into our hotels we need to have Um, experienced people to 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 do that and and that's that is proving hard because a lot of those people have left the industry and they're not going to come back because it's just not seen as secure enough no
0: what is secure though and can always be relied upon are biscuits ah biscuits seamless seamless um catherine what are your
2: favorite biscuits (laughs) and for why (sighs) Okay, so here is one I prepared earlier. She's bought props, ladies and gentlemen. She's bought props. I don't know whether you can actually yeah, see that. Brands. Actually, are we not even allowed to market um, brands. Yes, not. yeah, because you might are get sure? free stuff. Market away, market away. Is that back to front? Oh, see. look. I like those. No, no, no. And you know, and they've got to be the dark chocolate ones. And the reason I love them is because the biscuit is very crispy, but you can eat all the dark chocolate around the outside before you get to the bit in the middle. And therefore, that for me is like a double whammy amazing thing. Dark chocolate. Just um I think
0: in all our excitement and wishering, uh, we missed the name of it. For the oh. for the audience at home, what's the okay. name of
2: them? They're, they're Balsen, which is a mm. mm, Swiss bake Um originally balsen Cho Schokolibnitz. Mm.
0: Said there with a proper
2: go. Swiss accent
0: proper swiss accent i do i do think you, you the the combination and in fact other winning other other winners that uh on previous episodes have had the chocolate biscuit combination have they not mm.
1: yes we we refer, refer you back to navneet.
0: yes mm. and it's his, the nab meat barley and deep. very fancy
1: very what did he, what did he have like just a, a a shot of biscuit almost in it
0: what were they called? Can you remember?
1: It was one of the Jeff de
0: Bruges ones. That's um, right. Um, yes, mm. but similar concept: chocolate and biscuit seems to be the way forward. Mm. Didn't I? Best didn't, of luck not it? eating all of those well, by I, midday. I had a to Gustave, open the box. To, mm. What were they called? Le
1: Gustave.
2: Le Gustave.
1: Mm. They were sort of like a like a almost like a teardrop shape of chocolate Ooh. with like a round insert of biscuit. That
2: sounds delicious. I might have to. Was it black chocolate though? All, all, the all cho- flavors. All flavors. All, all flavors. flavors. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh yeah. <sighs> Need
0: a cup of coffee yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Let's do the questions and then we can yes. all have a coffee. Okay. And biscuit. Um, when the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing
2: I did was was go to see my parents inside the house, masked. Still, I had one of those perspex masks. But we'd been to see them but only sat in the garden. They were in the conservatory and we were outside. Um, but um, because they lived three and a half hours away, you couldn't really do that a lot because it was just too far to go and sit in the garden and come home. Um, so, yes, go and go and be in the house. And even then we were all vaccinated, and but we were all still really nervous because that's well, the biggest yeah. fear is to give this to somebody and then they are really – I still struggle with that fear. That you know, yes, we were all vaccinated and blah, blah, blah. But what if you give it to somebody, you know, and they are then really sick? That's that's still scary.
0: And that still is today, isn't it? That's 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 still the concern, the the, the vulnerable. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I went to see my parents, which was glorious. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, the best thing about the hotel sector is
2: gosh, the best thing I think is. For me, is still the people, um, and I think in the pandemic, what we've seen is how tenacious hoteliers are, and um, you know how much everybody has knuckled down, and however scary and difficult it was, and found ways to make things done, to get things done, and be safe, and look after their staff and uh find new ways of you know becoming a hospital offering your rooms to to those who needed um, to quarantine um uh becoming vaccination centers and then repurposing now repurposing space and what else can we do with it you know it, it's a it's 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 the tenacity i think and the courage um in the face of what has been absolute what's a word that's bad enough heavy enough you know the disaster that it's been um has has and i spoke to lots of hoteliers you know 2020 and again in my previous role who you know about fees and things and you know hotel, hoteliers crying on the phone literally in despair um because they didn't know what to do to look after their staff they didn't know how to how they were going to manage and uh, yeah that was a it was a it was a difficult time, and I think and I think the, the courage and the humanity and the uh, tenacity of hoteliers is an amazing thing. Very well said. The hotel sector would be significantly improved if significantly improved. Um, well, I mean, from a business point of view, everything I do is around that. You know, it would be significantly improved if every hotel senior team and those who had an impact on cost were able to be part of a conversation on a regular basis as to how the business is actually doing and where they are winning and where the, where it's not working, um, that that would make the hotel industry, would make it more robust and we, we would be much more in control of our business if we if, – if and I think that that comes from owners and it comes from general managers, you know, the, the desire not to hold it all to themselves with their FD – but to sit with their whole team, and I had an inspirational, amazing um, team leader, a, a regional uh, general manager when I worked at the um, Hilton at Heathrow Terminal Four, um, Jurgen Sutherland. I'll say his name. He he is he was an, a really inspirational leader, and we all sat together, probably fifteen of us. It was a big hotel, and you know our budgets were done as a team and then after that it was to look back at what we had said we would do and we all took responsibility and i think that that is what could make a really big difference in 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 hospitality in, in hotels um is that the, the it's not just about you you this is your revenue target and that's fine there is so mm-hmm. much more to it than that and i think that buy in that um team conversations can generate is is something that you can't beat
0: well, then that leads to ownership and accountability, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, higher success rate. Yeah.
2: Is, well said. Is, that, is that hard to do with the
1: big brands, though? You like to centralise all the decision-making?
2: I think it's probably harder now than it was back when – I mean, Hilton for me was seven, eight years ago, maybe yeah, eight years ago probably. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's harder to do now because general managers and even regional GMs have less control. But even if you don't get to set your own budget – you can still, you know, you're given what you're given. Okay, you might not agree with it, but this is where we are. If we all sit and talk about our element of it and how we can help to impact it in order to get as close to what we've been, what's been suggested to us is the right way forward, um, that in itself is going to be beneficial, isn't it? Because it, it, you, you, you are all talking about it together. You're also building a team around doing that. You know you're drawing everyone together we're all in this boat we have to make this work somehow or other or get as close to it as we possibly can therefore um you know we are a team and we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna win this somehow um that helps with recruitment that helps with retention that helps with people feeling that they're doing a worthwhile job that you know all of those things are part of um a part of working on a project like that together marvellous Um. Have I just asked you
0: what the industry needs now? Yes. yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. It's yes. been. A, have I mentioned it's been a while? And I'm sixty-seven percent cheese. Um, so the final question. I'd like to think we've learnt from this. It is
2: a question. Oh, I think. I think what we've learnt is to be kinder to each other. To to be much more open. Um, we are all at home. <laughs> Some of us have more beautiful backdrops than others, um, but we we uh, we we are. You know, we are, have got used to having meetings where the cat walk, come, walks in and suddenly walks around at the screen, uh, where the children are perhaps in the background, um, because there's you're in a three bedroom flat and that's all, you, or two bedroom flat and that's all the space you've got. Um, we've become much more able to ask each other how we feel and then give a real answer and and actually feel like somebody actually wants to know. Um, and I think that's making for better relationships. more more honest relationships um yeah i think i think we've learned to be to be more i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there about um you know caring and and stress and all of that that's 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 been a thing that's been growing but i think the pandemic and being in each other's homes in this way has has definitely made that more genuine um yeah that's what i feel yeah I think you're very right. What a positive note to end on.
0: Mm. I thank think that you. concludes our session for the day, boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for thank you so much. Catherine, uh, hot stats, Catherine. Thank you enormously for your time and your energy and your insight. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Catherine Dobble, thank you for your all of the above. Um, as Catherine was talking about cats walking over screens and things, I did think... Spuddy, well, and Spuddy's been remarkably quiet for this last, oh, hang on, that's because he's fast asleep?
1: Enjoying some sleep. Is that a dog?
2: I can't, I, can't, <laughs> I couldn't really well, see.
1: You may well ask. Oh. <laughs> yes, no, Oh, there we are. It's, it is a dog.
2: Spuddy is the, he has, um, a, he has
1: a grubby face. Oh, yes,
2: okay. Oh. No, yeah, fast asleep. asleep, having a lovely
1: dream. So, grubby, grubby face from rummaging around in the gutter on the metro. <laughs> That's nice. That's, That's nice. so Paris, so Paris. Exactly, exactly. It's so very important when one has one's extensive pedigree animal to allow
0: it to rummage in the gutter like
1: a common rat.
0: <laughs> oh, I think on that note we'll um we'll conclude this episode and thank you for listening and please do join us again next time thanks very much to both of you thank you thank you bye-bye so that concludes our thoughts for this week thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog washing the cat chopping the veg or however else you pass the time while podcasting
1: Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.